Hey, my name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in one of the shops in the state Agora in ancient Ephesus. The word Agora is the Greek word for the marketplace. It's interesting. It's also where we get the Greek word agorizo, which is the New Testament word for redemption. Paul uses the word agorizo over and over in the book of Ephesians. He probably borrowed it from here. It means to buy something out of the marketplace. And in fact, that is the word used to describe our redemption. Christ purchased us out of slavery. He redeemed us. He bought us out of Satan's marketplace. That's really what the word redemption means. The Greek word agorizo, but it comes from the word agora, the marketplace, and that's where I am. But these particular shops were filled with all kinds of goods, wheat, fruit, breads, all kinds of things that are required for you to have a good, healthy diet. You know, you got to eat the right thing if you want to be healthy. Denise is telling me all the time, Rick, you need to eat right if you want to live a long time and feel good. You need to have the right diet. Well, you have to have the right diet for you to be spiritually strong. You have to eat the right spiritual food for you to be a good minister of Jesus Christ that is able to help somebody else. What are you taking into your life? What are you consuming? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, you need to be nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. We need faith, yes. But in addition to faith, we need real good, solid doctrine. These things working together make the right spiritual diet to produce strong Christians. I know that's what you want to be. Are you eating the right spiritual food to be all that God wants you to be? We need to keep our heads on straight about what we're consuming, especially because we're living in the end of the age when there's a lot of weird spiritual food out there. What are you eating? Are you eating spiritual meat that will make you a good minister of Jesus Christ? That's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My name is Rick Renner and first of all I want to say thank you for letting me come right to you today. What a pleasure that we can sit down together to study the Bible. But before we get into the Bible I want to remind you that if you need prayer please call us. We really believe in prayer. Pick up your phone right now. Call us. We're waiting for your call or write down the number and call us later after the program because we would love to put our faith together with you for anything you're believing for. What a privilege to join together in prayer. And I want to remind you that I'm offering you my series, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. Does it ever seem to you like the world has gone crazy? How in the world can people believe today what many are believing? It is just nonsense what many people are embracing, especially morally. It's just shocking. But the Bible prophesied it would happen at the end of the age. And this entire series is about a world gone crazy and about how to keep our heads on straight, which means we don't have to lose our heads just because everybody else does. We can keep our head on straight. 
This is a 15-part series. You will just love it. It comes in multiple formats and with a remarkable study guide. We're also offering you my book, and today and tomorrow is the last days that we're offering it on the program. Please order this copy and order several. This is a book you're going to want to give to someone else. Let it be your missionary. Maybe you don't know how to say things to someone else that you've been wanting to say. Let this book do the talking for you. This book is just amazing. I think it may be the most important book I've ever written, and it's called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy. The foreword is written by my friend John Bevere. I know you're going to love this book. Order your copy today. But today we're returning to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, which is our anchor verse, and we're wrapping up the series today and tomorrow, and today and tomorrow we're covering some really important verses. But we have to begin with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, because it is the anchor for this series where the Holy Spirit prophesies what's going to take place in the church in the closing days of the church age. And listen to what Paul says as he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, he writes, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. We've already seen, but it's so important, I want to cover it again, that the word speaketh expressly is a translation of the Greek word retus. Maybe you've heard the word rhema. Well, the word retus and rhema are connected. It describes something that is emphatically spoken, something that is categorical. You cannot misunderstand it. It's not something that might take place. The Holy Spirit in this verse is describing something that emphatically, categorically will take place. He's speaking in undeniable, unmistakable terms. And that's why the King James translators translated it, the Spirit speaks expressly you cannot misconstrue what the spirit is saying in this verse he is telling us about something that will most definitely occur at the very end of the age even inside the church well what does he say is going to take place the spirit speaketh expressly that some shall depart from the faith and i have to point out again it doesn't say everybody's going to depart from the faith some will and some are but it's not everybody but unfortunately, it will be a notable sum, and this word sum implies it will be many. It doesn't have to be you, and it's not going to be me. We're going to stick with the faith. In fact, when the Bible says they will depart, that word depart doesn't mean they're going to reject the faith. No one wakes up and says, you know, today I'm going to reject the Bible. You know what? Today, I'm going to reject the faith. That's not the way it happens. It's very slow. It's very methodical. It's very seducing as their mind begins to be modified and they begin to release what they once held to be true and they begin to embrace something new. It's a very slow departure and that's why the verse says some shall depart. It's not a rejection. It is a departure from the faith. And we've seen over and over that the words the faith has a definite article, which means this is not faith for miracles. This is not faith for signs and wonders or faith for finances. Because it has a definite article, it means the faith or the teaching of the Bible. Well, in my book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, I chronicle what has happened inside the church in the last 100 years and how there has been a drift from the scriptures until today, many of the traditional faiths, traditional denominations, even though their creeds may be accurate, 
in practice, they have departed from the faith until now they're even endorsing same-sex marriages. And by the way, a lot of this nonsense is not just in the traditional denominations. Even in the charismatic movement, there has been a departure from the faith. People embrace a lot of nonsense. There is not a lot of verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the Bible like there used to be. It seems there's been a drift from that. There's been a drift from that. And in fact, I just read a book that just shook me to my core about what is happening with the young people, especially in the church in the United States. Young people are departing from the church. There is a mass exodus of young people from the church. It is shocking. And the Holy Spirit prophesied this departure would take place at the end of the age. What's even more shocking to me is most of those that are departing are those who grew up in church, but now they are departing from the faith. They're saying the Bible is too restrictive. We need to be more open-minded. Why is this happening? The Bible tells us they will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Giving heed is a Greek word, prosecho, and we've seen before, I have to say it again. Why do I keep repeating this? Because the Holy Spirit spoke expressly. This is something he wanted us to hear. He was reaching through the pages of scripture to grab hold of us, to shake us, so that those of us who are living in that last time period will be wide awake to what's going to take place and protect ourselves from being sucked into the delusion. But the Bible says people will give heed, the Greek word pros echo. Pros means to lean towards something. The word echo means to embrace. It's a picture of people that are leaning towards something new to echo embrace it, to possess it, to have it. Well, you can't grab something new unless you release something old. So rather than contending for the faith that was given to them, they're releasing what they were taught and now they're leaning toward new modifications, new philosophies, new ideas, new notions, new modifications, new cultural trends. They're saying the Bible is kind of a relic of the past. Let's let go of that. Let's hang on to the parts we like, but not take all of it. And let's modify the faith to embrace some other things. That is exactly what the Holy Spirit was prophesying in this verse. And that is precisely what is taking place in our day. And the Bible says they really will be giving heed to seducing spirits. The word seducing is a Greek word, planel. The word planel is a Greek word which means to be deceived or to be deluded. It's really spirits of delusion. But the word planel was used historically to describe a person, a city, a nation, or nations that veer off track morally. In fact, they veer so off track that now they're walking on the edge of a dangerous cliff, teetering on the edge of total destruction. And by using this word, hmm, it's amazing how accurate the Holy Spirit is. He says people and nations, even the world itself, society, will veer off track from the path they once walked on, the path of the Bible. It was ingrained in society, but they will begin slowly to veer off path and track until finally they will teeter on the edge of destruction, making horrible moral calculations. That's exactly what it means. And the Bible says they'll do it because of seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines describes 
well-packaged information. Here it is a Greek word didaskalia, which means people will be listening to things that are really well-packaged. Celebrities speaking, the courts speaking, the educational system speaking, telling us to change the way that we think, to reject old thinking, to embrace new thinking. It's going to be well-packaged and well-presented, didaskalia, here the Greek word doctrines, but Paul says, make no mistake, it will be doctrines that have been fabricated and presented by demonic powers to lead the world into a moral mess. That's what's going to happen at the end of the age, according to the Holy Spirit in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. Then we come to verse 6, which we've already covered. Look at it again with me. In verse 6, Paul says, but if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. When he says, if you put the brethren in remembrance, again, it is the Greek word, hupotithemi. What does it mean? Hupo means to be under. The word tithemi means to lay place or to position a foundation. When you compound the two words together, it really means if you put a good foundation underneath other people's lives, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Well, what do people need in this hour? They need a good foundation. People People are standing on shaky ground. People don't know what the Bible says. I'm amazed that even people that have grown up in church these days don't know what the Bible says because the Bible's no longer being taught verse by verse. There's a lot of good motivational preaching. That's good. There's a lot of good shouting and screaming and hollering. You know what? Even I enjoy that. But we have to have verse by verse teaching to put us on a foundation. And Paul says, if hupotithemi... If you will put the brethren on a good foundation, hupo implies we're going to have to crawl under people to do it. You see, their lives are already constructed. Their lives are already a mess. Even people that have come to Christ, when they come to Christ, they bring all of their old mess with them into Christ. They have a new spirit, but they still bear the scars of their past and minds that don't think right. And many people, even in the church who grew up in church, have messed up their lives they haven't been taught right, so they haven't done right. And Paul says our job, if we're really going to be responsible parents and believers and friends, we have to hoopo come underneath other people's lives and tithemi put a foundation underneath them. So I want to ask you, what are you doing to put a foundation of the Bible under your kids? What are you doing to put a foundation under your grandkids? Are you a voice that is speaking into the lives of your friends to make sure they're really thinking right and their decisions are Bible-based? Are you putting a foundation underneath them? If you are, it makes you a good minister of Jesus Christ. That's what the verse says. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. If you hupotithemi the brethren, if you come unto the brethren, put a foundation underneath them, this will make you a good minister of Jesus Christ. Good. A good minister. That word good is a Greek word kalos. It describes something exceptional, something superb. The word minister is a Greek word diakonos. It describes a high-level servant, one who has been trained to professionally present food, one who presents food that is safe to consume. That's supposed to be me and that's supposed to be you. That's why I say about our own ministry, this is teaching you can trust. That's why I say that. Because God's called me to be a good minister, that means I have to professionally serve the Word of God to you.
And I have to make sure that the food I serve to you is safe for spiritual consumption. All of that is in that word minister. We're called to be good, superb, excellent ministers of Jesus Christ. The Greek can be translated just like Jesus Christ. Well, how does this make us like Jesus Christ? Because when Jesus came, he gave his life to put a foundation underneath the church. That's what Jesus did. And when we give our lives, when we give our talent and our energies and our finances to help establish the word of God in other people's lives, it really makes us just like Jesus Christ. But then Paul added these words in verse 6, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. When he says nourished up, in Greek it is the word intrepho. The word intrepho means to ingest, ingesting the words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Now I'm going to read to you directly from my notes. Listen to this. This word nourished up, which is a derivative of the Greek word intrepho, the tense is continuous, which means this nourished up is something you're to do continually, being nourished up continually. It means to put in the mouth, to taste, digest, and incorporate into one's total system. To be nourished, it describes the receiving of nourishment that strengthens the recipient. It can refer to the nourishment of the spirit or of the mind. It is the diet required for one to be strong and healthy. Or now Paul says to Timothy and to me, and he's speaking to you, and he says, if you're going to be the minister, if you're going to be a believer that really brings Jesus pleasure, if you're going to be successful in the last days, then you have to eat the right thing. You have to make sure you're consuming the right diet. You have to be nourished up, taste, eat, incorporate into your system, ingest words of faith and of good doctrine. Wow. What in the world is that? Words of faith and of good doctrine. Well, I love words of faith. You know, I love faith teaching. I'm in a group that is known as faith teachers. All of my friends are faith teachers. I love words of faith. Words of faith teach us how to have victory in our life, how to be healed in our body, how to believe God for our finances, how to believe God that our friends can be set free and can be blessed. Words of faith really affect the fruit of our life. But in addition to that kind of teaching, we also need a different kind of teaching. He says, and of good doctrine. Wow. The word good is again from the Greek word kaves. It describes something superior, something exceptional, something really noble or virtuous. The word doctrine is the Greek word didaskalia, well-packaged doctrine. It refers to verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the Bible. So for you to really be the mature believer that God wants you to be, for you to be strong, for you to be stable, and to be able to help others, you need two very important ingredients in your spiritual diet. First, you need words of faith. You need words of faith. Hear all the faith teaching you can get. Faith teaching will show you that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Faith teaching will help you to believe that you can overcome anything that ever comes against you. Faith teaching will help you to see your prayers answered. You need words of faith. But if that's all you have, you're missing something very vital. You also need good doctrine. That's what the verse says. 
That is not my opinion. That is clearly what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. You have to have words of faith and good doctrine. Good doctrine is verse by verse teaching of the Bible. You see, my friend, when you have motivational preaching, it covers a broad spectrum of things. It's encouraging. It makes you shout. It makes you jump. makes you excited. It stirs your faith. But when you have verse-by-verse verse teaching of the Bible, it will cover every single issue you ever will face in your life. It gives you the information you need to have discernment for these last times, to know what is right, to know what is wrong. You won't even question what is right and wrong. You don't even have to pray about it because when you have verse-by-verse verse teaching of the Bible, it modifies your mind to the way that God thinks, and you begin to understand what is right and wrong. So yes, we need victorious preaching, and we need verse-by-verse verse teaching of the Bible. That is clearly what Paul says in this verse. Then he goes on to say, whereunto thou hast attained. Hast attained is a Greek word para kaluthio. Very interesting. The word para means alongside. Kaluthio means to follow. But when you compound the two words together, it means to follow alongside, to be an attendant, to accompany, to follow with the goal of replication, and it probably refers to Paul's teaching, which Timothy had heard. When he said, words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, you could literally translate it, which you have attended, which you have followed alongside, which you have done your best to replicate, but it implies that Timothy's gotten it from somewhere. The word para, he's been close enough Coluthio, that he's been able to follow it. Where did Timothy hear this superb mixture of words of faith and of good doctrine? He heard it from Paul. He heard it from Paul. And Paul now says to Timothy, Timothy, you've been close enough to the Word of God to get what I'm talking about. You should have faith and you should have good doctrine. And I want to ask you, who are you following? Who are you following so closely that you're getting the right kind of spiritual diet for your life? Really think about who you're following. Look at their life. The Bible commands us to do that in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. It says we're to follow their faith considering the end of their conversation. That word end, the Greek word ekbasis, the outcome of their life. Look at their life. Look at their fruit. Listen to their teaching and look at the result of their teaching in their own life. Look at it. Look at me. Look at anybody that you're listening to. And make sure you like the fruit or the outcome that their teaching is producing in their own lives. And then when you see that good fruit, you'll know, wow, this is safe for consumption. But if you're going to be victorious in the end times, and you will be, I really believe that, then you have to have the right diet. You have to entruffle, you have to ingest words of faith. That's words of victorious teaching that will put you over the top. But you don't just need to go over the top. You need to have a good foundation under you. And that's why Paul says you also need good doctrine. Words of faith and of good doctrine, these two things together will make you a strong, stable, mature believer in these end times. That's good for you. And it will make you the kind of person that can put a foundation underneath somebody else. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment and I'm going to pray for you. The world is changing. In fact, it's more than changed. It's gone crazy. We are living in a world where faith is questioned and sin is welcome, where people seem to have lost their minds about what is right and wrong. It seems truth has been turned upside down. In Rick Renner's new book, How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, 
Rick reveals the disastrous consequences of a society in spiritual and moral collapse. In this book, you'll discover what Christians need to be doing to stay out of the chaos and anchor to truth. You'll learn how to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit, discern right and wrong teaching, how to be grounded in prayer, and how to be spiritually prepared for living in victory in these last days. Leading ministers from around the world are calling this book essential for every believer. And right now, it's available for just $20. You can also order the 15-part teaching series when you call or go online right now. Rick takes you deep into New Testament prophecies about the end of the age and what you need to do to sail successfully through turbulent end-time waters. Available in digital or physical formats starting at just $24. Get the book, How to Keep Your Head On Straight in a World Gone Crazy, for just $20. And don't miss this powerful teaching series. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friend, this is Rick Renner. We have a need in our ministry and I need you to help meet the need. So please just for a moment, hear my heart. Our ministry is really growing. Wow, it is amazing what is taking place. People are reaching out to us from every nook and cranny around the world because they're receiving teaching that they feel they can trust. And they're calling us for prayer. What a responsibility to pray for people. They're calling us for resources. They're calling us for support. They are reaching out to us in multiple languages, in English and Russian, and in other languages from around the world. And God has given us the responsibility to minister to these precious souls. But we're growing so much that we have run out of space. We're bursting at the seams in our American office and we need a new building. And we have found the building that we believe is ours. And guess what? It's fully furnished. All we have to do is move in. And so I'm asking you to please pray about becoming a part of the giving team into this special expansion project. Just go online. You'll read there on our homepage how you can participate in this project or give us a call. It's hard to believe the program's over. Seems like we just got started, but this has just flown by today. But before I leave, I want to tell you that we're here for you, waiting for your contact right now. Call us, send us an email, let us know how we can pray for you. Oh, we can hardly wait to put our faith together with you. My team is waiting right now by the telephone to hear from you. And remember that we're offering you my series, which is called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, and this book that I want you to have, and oh, I hope you order several. It's not about sales. It's about getting this message into your hands and into the hands of others. I truly believe this is a message for our hour. And many Christian leaders have said, yes, everybody needs to read this book. It's called How to Keep Your Head on Straight in a World Gone Crazy, Developing Discernment for These Last Times. But before I close, I want to remind you what we've seen today. If you're going to be strong, if you're going to be stable in these end times where people seem to have lost their minds, then you need to be ingesting the right things. That's right. You know, if you ingest poison, you're going to get sick. But Denise is telling me all the time, Rick, if you eat right, you'll live longer and you'll feel better. When you eat right, you're stronger. You feel good. Have you ever eaten bad food? It makes you sick. 
But when you eat right food and you eat correctly, you feel better, you're stronger. It's the same with spiritual content. You need to be eating words of faith and you need to be eating words of good doctrine. These two things together will make you spiritually healthy. And that's what you want. But I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, what a privilege that we could be together today. I am so grateful that you have graced me to be with this friend. And I pray for your word to work in their lives. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thank you for being with me today. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Let the word of God work in your life today, and it will release power in your life. I'll see you in the next program.